Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We're going to finish what we started yesterday, 15 Crazy Obvious Truths We Forgot Too Quickly. Julie, are you on? I believe so. You tell me. You are. Okay, good. (laughs) Julie, in case listeners you can't hear it in her voice, is still acclimating to her new schedule now that she has to take uh, Zoe to school at Don's Crack every morning. (laughs) Yes, that's the way of putting it. So, yes, everything's gotten moved back two hours, but that's still okay. So, Julie, you sound good. The question is, though, are you fully caffeinated? That's what we want to know. That's what America wants to know. More than fully caffeinated. (laughs) More than fully caffeinated. The afternoon caffeine crash, we are good. Yes. So, I, uh, listeners, you guys, many of you are. I didn't actually receive a single negative email about the series of podcasts we did. A lot of questions, of course, but not a single negative email about the series of podcasts we did on what we're calling the real estate reset. I mean, you know, we don't think there'll be a market crash, but there's clearly a reset happening. And one of the things we did, you, if you didn't listen to that, I think we did five shows on it. Podcast listeners, trust me, go back and listen to that. Um, content, it's really going to help you out tremendously. Julie and I were doing a lot of predicting. We were doing predicting based on our own experience and also having read a lot of sort of wonkish academic books on, you know, just overall macro market trends and all sorts of relatively boring shit. So that's where we came up with the four phases of the real estate reset. That's where we came up with the explanation of where we are in the market and what you can expect and how you can prepare. Because that's really the bottom line as to why you guys listen to us is because you want to know what actions you need to be taking now in anticipation of a changing market, whether it's good, bad, or you know, going up or going down, or buyer's market, seller's market. Who cares? You can make money helping people no matter what direction the market's going. But it would be beneficial for you to know what direction the market is going. That's the reason you did those shows. So please go back and listen to those shows. Um, they're all sequential. They're on iTunes. They're on Stitcher. They're on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. Well, one of the things that Julie and I were telling you were gonna, was going to happen is in phase two that the real estate industry was going to start putting out propaganda about how the real estate boom was still going to continue despite the fact that everyone sort of intuitively knew that wasn't true. And sure enough, almost on cue, they are doing just that. And I just think it's amazing. Zillow started out with this article uh, where they said, well, the real estate is going to be a seller's market for the next two years. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, it's like if there's ever evidence, the fact that Zillow is nervous about the market uh, tides shifting and it becoming more of a, new, a normal market, let alone a buyer's market. There you go. There's your evidence right there. And so their chief economist and whoever, their big, you know, whatever person who has this big lofty title comes out and says, based on this information and the other thing, despite the fact that you guys as practitioners across the country are experiencing in many markets, and, and I know I just saw on the phone with Brandon Jackson, and he's in Charlottesville, North Carolina, and in his market, things are still hotter than hot. 
I get it. Still a seller's market. And then I had another coaching call with someone out in L.A. who specializes in stuff over $2.5 million, and that price range shit is dead. It's gone from taking days and sometimes maybe weeks to sell now to taking months, and some of this stuff is probably going to take years to sell. That's the nature of phase two. But what has happened, and, when I'm, uh, and this is the reason that Julie and I are – it okay being a little early with telling you guys this information is that I want the Brandon Jacksons of the world who are in these sellers markets who are still basically saying, what are you talking about market shifting? It's crazy as it's ever been. I want you guys to know that it's going to happen in your market. It's going to shift your direction. It might take six months. It might take a year, but the reality of it is it's going to affect everybody because here's what happens. As the market starts to shift in, on the coast and then it's going to start and it already has happened, right? It's New York, Give me a break. It's been a full-fledged buyer's market now for probably at least 18 months. Uh, we have some of the top agents there who we've had as coaching clients forever, and they've had listings that would, say, two years ago take maybe 60 days to sell, and now they take almost like a year and a half to sell. And all the ritziest markets on the East Coast, the same thing's happening. Down in Florida and Miami, condos are sitting, not just for weeks or months, but for over a year. This, these, these are the realities that are coming to the United States. And yet we have reports that are come out and say, like in um, Las Vegas last month, there was a 13% uh, increase year over year, month over month, or whatever it was. And so everyone started, oh, what are you talking about? That's still a seller's market. But that is the nature of phase two of the correction. You see ebbs and flows. You see inventory building and inventory selling off. And we laid all this out for you guys very succinctly, or as succinctly as we could in the series of podcasts we did, so that you can clearly understand that market gyrations in phase two are normal. Where it feels like it's a seller's market, a month or two later, it feels like it's a buyer's market. That's the market adjusting to the new reality that things are changing. And you're going to see an increase in inventory, and then you're going to see a sell-off. And then Now, this is all part of phase two. Phase two in your market can last um, a year. Phase two can last two years. During the real estate crash, phase two for the country lasted less than six months. It went from, uh, oh, my God, everything's great. The seller's market's the best market forever. You put it for sale, 30% of her price based on the last comp, and it's still going to sell. So it went from a crazy market like that to a, oh, my God, I can't give this thing away. Um, you know, no one's going to buy it. That happened in probably less than a year in virtually every market in the United States. So these cycles and the behavior of people are very predictable. So when Julie and I said that we knew that the industry, uh, who was ter just absolutely terrified of it becoming a seller's market or a buyer's market, we knew that the industry was going to start p uh, pumping out information to try to make all of you believe that that wasn't happening. And you need to understand that the reason that they're doing that is for their own self-interest, not for the best interest of you as an individual practitioner. Now, there are really exceptional brokerages around the country, and I'm thinking of like Pacific Elite out in Hawaii. They absolutely positively take care of their agents because here's the thing. They're not stupid. They know if they, if they give their agents the information they need to make the smart decisions in a changing market, that those agents won't be washed under when everybody realizes the market's changed. They want agents to be prepared. They want agents to realize that they need to be helping their sellers see the reality of current uh, where things have, uh, need to be currently priced. They want their agents to be getting their own personal financial houses in order and get their skill set in order. They want their agents to thrive no matter what direction the market's going. But our industry, because our industry is largely this isn't my this is just a fact. Our industry has been uh, have become co-opted by so many of these ancillary third-party service providers to real estate agents. 
It's become a – I don't even know how many billions of dollars per year are spent by real estate agents on their businesses. And most of the businesses that are selling stuff to you guys will only live in a seller's market. They do not have a changing market type product, let alone a buyer's product. Do you think that people are going to be buying buyer leads from Zillow and, and the way that Zillow has been selling them? Okay, they'll buy buyers. Agents will buy buyer leads. I'm not doubting that. But the nature of how Zillow has been selling the buyer leads, do you really think that's going, that model is going to be able to stay the same when the market changes? Of course it won't. Do you think all these iBuyer companies, uh, you know, open doors of the world, do you think their model is going to be a little bit stressed when it becomes a buyer's market and things take longer to sell, when sellers are basically looking at uh, selling for less than they paid or not as much as they thought they would, so there's no equity there for them to be able to afford to take a discount without writing a check? Do you guys get my point? Do you think these companies, all these new tech companies that everyone's talking about, and then you look at the essence of their USP and all of this is basically commission discounting, do you really think those guys are going to be able to thrive in a changing market, let alone a buyer's market? Well, guess what? History has proven that they don't. All those country, uh, companies just go away. They, they downsize. They go out of business. There have been so many of you don't have the advantage and I understand of being in this business for as long as we've been in it. Julie and I got re we've been real in real estate since we were basically in our early 20s. You know, we're now in our let's be generous and say our mid 40s. So we've been in this business for two decades, and in that time, we've been through arguably four different housing recessions. The last one being the biggest one, and the cycle is so predictable it's almost comical that uh, the industries like they have complete <laughs> they have absolutely no memory of what happened before or at least that's the way they act but the truth is they do again they just don't want to tell you guys and so for brokers out there for office managers out there i really beg you to do the right thing to do the honorable thing and tell your agents the truth about what's happening in the marketplace and if you don't know you need to go listen to that series of podcasts if you don't want to tell your agents, that's fine. Ask us to do it, and we'll do it for you. Tim at timandjulieharris.com. The bottom line is, guys, is the market is going to change. It is going to adjust. Don't live in fear of it. You can help people and make money no matter what direction the market's going. So, you know, there it is. And look for more uh, very craftily written, um, fact-free uh, uh, almost, Articles coming out from the real estate industry, they're going to come out from brokerages, they're going to come out from the big portals, they're going to come out with the technology companies, and ask yourself, what's the source of information, and what's their motivation by giving me this information? Oh, I know what it is, because I, they want to sell me another CRM, or they want to sell me another this or the other thing, and look at it and just say, okay, I get it, so should I be trusting their source of information? <laughs> no, probably not. Learn to be a business owner. Learn to think like an entrepreneur. Learn to see where all the angles are because at the end of the day, guys, the sad but truthful fact is that nobody's got your back ultimately but, but you. You're the business owner. If you fell on hard times in your business, do you think your broker is going to bail you out? No, because they got their own problems. Do you think one of your you know, ancillary service providers is going to have your back? No, because they're going to have their own problems. You've got to prepare yourself. And you've got to basically be your own best source of information. So unplanned rant, Julie, but I just had read a bunch of emails this morning. Anything you want to tag on to that? Nope. Okay, good. So, guys, let's move on. We're going to be talking about the 15 obvious uh, truths, um, obvious truths we forget too quickly. And the next point we have is going to be, let's see. Okay, Julie talked.
yesterday about success is unlikely without failure. So the next point is ignorance equals fear, knowledge equals confidence. And that's a really great point. Ignorance equals fear, knowledge equals confidence. Get the knowledge you need in life. These are the points Julie wrote down. Get the knowledge you need in life. Procrastinating your education is the same as putting off having your best life possible. Uncertainty and fear are uh, – okay, okay, it's a bunch of short quotes from Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. But I think the most important part of this is ignorance equals fear. So if you're feeling fear of a changing market, if you're feeling fear of something that's happening in your life, just look – you have to be somewhat introspective about that emotional reaction you're having, that fear – that reaction you're having that's causing you to feel fear, and you have to ask yourself why you're feeling that feeling. What's causing you to feel that feeling? What's causing you to actually have that reaction? That's in, what are you doing with it? When you feel fear, what do most people do? Fight or flight, right? Isn't that what most people do? They're going to run for the, they're going to run for the door. They're going to stick their head in the sand. They're going to say, oh, no, it's not going to happen in my market. The market's not going to change. I'm good. So when people feel fear, they have a tendency to do nothing or they, they, they do nothing or they try to deny that it's happening. So that uh, reaction is normal in all of us to a certain extent. The more awake you become, the more introspective you become, the more self-aware you become, you know that that fear response that you feel with the idea of, say, for example, a changing market, that natural normal fear response, you need to realize that that is nothing other than your ego. And what your ego, and I know this is a little obtuse, and read the book Ego is the Enemy, or by the way, listen to the bunches of videos that we put on YouTube and other places where I was for two hours straight interviewing Ryan Holiday at our recent event, um, the author of Ego is the Enemy. Go back and read that. Listen to those interviews. Was, I, we just did a fan, yeah, The feedback we're getting on the in, series of interviews we did was phenomenal. So go back and listen to all those. It's two hours. We just really deep-dived. I personally... I was asking him all the questions that I personally wanted to have answered. I almost forgot that there was a live audience there, let alone thousands of people watching online as I did the interview. But the essence of it is, is the ego doesn't want you to change. The essence of it is your ego wants you to, to be in denial of change. It wants everything to stay the same. It wants everything to stay consistent. The westernized version of the ego of somebody that basically wants to draw attention to themselves, or somebody that walks around you know, with this high and mighty attitude, their nose up in the air, all these types of things. That's part of ego, but that's really not the essence of the ego. The ego wants you to feel the fear. So when you feel fear, again, I know this is a little obtuse and it's not for everybody, and some of you who do need this information, I'm going to leave it up to you to go and do your own homework on this topic and, and start with Ryan's book, Ego is the Enemy. But Ego wants you to stay the same. Ego doesn't want you to change. Ego wants you to actually fail. Ego wants you to struggle. Ego wants you to actually experience what it's like to not um, ever get anywhere in your life. So, for example, when you come up, why is it that you don't want to, for example, call a seller about a price change? Why is it that you don't want to, for example, go knock on that for sale by owner's door? Why is it that you don't want to, uh, do the very things that are going to put you into a place where you can help people make the most money. Because your ego fills your mind with all the what-ifs. So let's, go, let's model this out. And I want you to pretend, and, and there's probably 60,000 of you that are listening or will listen and replay. I want you to pretend right now, we're driving around in your car. It better be a nice car. <laughs> okay? And we're gonna drive, we see a for sale by owner. And normally, what do you do? 
You don't see it, you don't see it, you don't see it, and you drive right by, right? So you deny that it's there. But I happen to be in the passenger seat, and I'm going to make you see it and then, and then basically do everything in my power and make you go knock on that door. The very idea of doing exactly what I just said, knocking on that for sale by owner, owner's door, immediately fills many of you with fear. And I want you to realize that. So I want you to, as much as you'll allow yourself, to feel how you would actually uh, you know, feel, right, knocking on that for sale by owner's door. How do you feel? Do you feel anxiety? Do you feel fear? Some of you who are really taking this seriously, who really want to move the ball forward in your lives, some of you are actually experiencing a little bit of the physical uh, effects of fear. Maybe you're getting a little sweaty. Maybe you're getting goosebumps. Maybe your hair is standing up on end. Those are all physiological reactions to a thought, right? And so let's, let's get to the root of this. What am I talking about? Your brain is filling your mind with all the what-ifs. Your ego is telling you, what happens if you knock on the door and they yell at you? What happens if you knock on the door and you don't know what to say? They ask you a question. What happens if you knock on the door and they say something to you that you don't know how to deal with? Your brain is telling you you're going to be embarrassed. I have to stop saying your brain, it's your ego. Your ego is telling you that you're going to be embarrassed. Your ego is telling you that you're going to be ashamed. Your ego is telling you your feelings are going to hurt, be hurt. Your ego is going to say even things like, oh, my gosh, am I, am I a salesperson chasing physical? I remember this day when Julie Guy got – we got in the real estate business. Some of the first agents that we ran to told us that FISBOs eat, your, eat their young. Don't go after FISBOs. They're the shittiest business to go after. They told us all this. And what did we do? We went after the FISBOs. And why did they tell us that? And we didn't realize this right away, is that we were, is they were going after FISBOs. And so they were trying to tell us things under the guise of, you know, here's some new agents. Let's give them some friendly advice. All they were trying to do basically is get, a, get rid of some competition, Right. So these are the types of thoughts that perpetuate the entire real estate industry and in that, you know, you might have believed it. So you may have had some little meaningful or attempting to be helpful with quotes around it, agent whisper that into your ear when you were first in the business, and you may have believed it. And that may have been a 1,000 years ago, and you may have been operating. Okay, so the point is you're knocking on that door. Your ego is filling you with all these uncontrollable thoughts feelings, emotions, all fear-based. None of it's real. It's all in your head. None of it's real. It's all in your head. Here's how. The ego is trying to make it so that you don't knock on the door because it's trying to protect itself, and it's filling your mind with all the fear-based thoughts. Fear, when you feel fear in your modern life, 99.9% of the time it's ego. I'll prove it to you. All right, now I'm not saying feeling fear is, is ego necessarily, but it's ego in the way it manifests in most of our lives. Here's the proof. If you, for example, were walking down the street today, and let's say you live in New York City, and let's say somebody accidentally or, you know, shoves you off the street, and there's a cab coming barreling down the street, and you literally jump out of the way of that cab just in time. Your heart's going to be racing. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be sweating. Your hair's going to be standing on end. You're going to be frazzled. You're going to be alert. You're going to, okay. That is an example of where fear actually is fear, where it, where it allowed you to have a physiological response 
create the necessary response for you to get out of harm's way. And we can go all the way back if you think about essentially real fear. And now, you know, you could say, for example, fear was of an animal eating you, you know, back when we were a billion years ago, right? So all these types of things in our lizard brains, our circadian brains, we have a natural fear-based response to things that want to hurt us. That still exists in our brains. It's still in us. The ancient human's response to being uh, you know, eaten still exists in your brain. Makes sense, right? But here's what's happened. Most of us, thank God, are never really in situations where we have to live in fear of our lives, but that mechanism is still existing in our brains. So when you are thinking about knocking on that FISBOS door, and this should be a breakthrough for many of you, when you're actually thinking about doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, and you're actually putting yourself in a position where you're actually doing your job as a real estate professional. And, and again, <laughs> I say this, and I know so many of you have never had these experiences before because so many of you listening, so many people in the industry have never been, haven't been in real estate long enough to know the truth about how you become successful. You become successful by drilling down and being a listing agent. You become and stay successful by being a, a, a kick-ass listing agent. You do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. You actually act like a professional and have skills that people are willing to pay for. That's how you make money in real estate. That's how you make real money in real estate. That's how you make lasting money in real estate. That's how you make enough money in real estate that you have profit remaining that you can reinvest that money and you can be rich where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. Do you understand? And a lot of these other things that are being fed to you as being necessary in your real estate business are bullshit designed to separate you from your money because they know, the people selling these products know, that you don't know any better. And you're around people in an ecosystem that's feeding you the same thing. I told this story to you guys yesterday. You know, Julie and I are sitting at Austin Airport, and little did we know we'd be surrounded by Keller Williams agents who are also at Austin Airport because Mega Camp had just let out. Julie and I were flying to Monterey for uh, Car Week, and they were going to wherever they were going in the world. And we are surrounded by these agents, and we got recognized. And I, we moved, and we got recognized again. So we said, okay, we're not going to be able to sit here for an hour and not have real estate conversations. So we did. And so we asked them what they learned from Megacamp. And the things that they told us were uh, amusing to us. We didn't say anything. Some of them were podcast listeners, so they knew what we were thinking. But the reality of it was is that they were talking about Instagram, Facebook likes, buying leads from this source cultivating leads from that source, direct mail ideas, what flavor pumpkin pies. They were talking about all this soft peddling bullshit that essentially everyone thinks, oh, I got to run out and do that. Oh, I got to buy the software program that's going to do that. Oh, I got to subscribe to this. What they didn't realize, what they hadn't pieced together was, is that event and all real estate events for the most part, are design, they're just sales events. That's all they are. And the people that are paying for the event aren't just the attendees, but it's the merchants. It's the people trying to sell you guys stuff. So when somebody has, uh, is doing a real estate event and they're sponsored by XYZ Company, do you really think they're not going to be a proponent of whatever XYZ Company is selling? Of course they are. When you walk into a big room and there's a big-ass Zillow sign on the wall, even if it's you know, for an educational event, do you really think they're not going to talk about buying buyer leads? Really? So use your own brain here. What we're telling you about and what Julie and I tell you about doesn't cost you anything. What we're telling you to do is skills-based, not buying leads and buying business-based. 
That's the reason you don't hear about that often anymore. 30 years ago you did, but you don't hear about it anymore because there's a whole industry that's crept up to basically separate you guys from your money so you continue to essentially spend money on things that probably will never do anything but essentially make you frustrated and run you out of money. Hey, I got an idea. Maybe that's why so many agents fail. Maybe that's the reason that the average income for the average agent, according to the National Association of Realtors, is dropping. Maybe that's the reason that most agents are out of business within 36 months, because they go to a seminar and listen to, uh, to some guru tell them how important it is that they learn how to form a team versus, say, for example, learn how to actually go and knock on that for sale by owner's door and have a meaningful conversation that results in a listing, which results in at least one paycheck. What do you think, listeners? It's interesting, isn't it? fascinating isn't it don't you think honestly it's fascinating don't you need you need to be introspective about yourself look i get why you guys like all those color williams agents in that airport wanted to have conversations about things that didn't require any real effort how you want to you know instagram and zillow and all this other stuff i get it i understand because your ego is essentially in control your ego is saying hey look you don't have to put yourself in harm's way go buy some leads your ego is telling you you don't need to learn any skills. You don't need to make yourself uncomfortable. You do need to make yourself uncomfortable. Being on the other side of being uncomfortable is everything you want in life. If you're spending your life trying to be comfortable, which is what most of you are doing in your business, you're never going to make any meaningful money. You're never going to make any meaningful money. Remember I told you those agents that were giving us the you know, good-natured advice not to chase FISBOs when we got in the business two decades ago? Same types of agents are out there right now telling you to buy leads. Their motivation is the same. So here's where we go with this. Your ego, your circadian brain, your fear-based response. When you were being chased by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, okay, uh, this is the ancient version of you, and your, and your, your fear-based response was saying, run like hell and go hide in a cave, that made sense. So that was essentially the fear mechanism working to save your life. Makes sense, right? Now, that same exact mechanism works when you manifest fear now. When you're thinking about knocking on that FISBO's door, you are feeling that exact same physiological reaction. Literally, your heart rate is increasing. You're starting to sweat. You're creating heart palpitations. You're going through all the feelings of anxiety that you did when the ancient version of you was being you know, threatened by a T-Rex. T-Rex is a humans, which I know they didn't. You guys get the point? So what you need to realize is that you, when you feel that fear, when you feel that fear, the way to essentially – and that's your ego now because your ego is triggering that response, not something that's truly going to cause you death. I promise you that uh, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level and, and direct soliciting business that you're not paying for, I promise you you're not going to be killed. No one's going to eat you. There's not a T-Rex that's going to pop out of that FISBO's door and snip your head off. won't happen in most markets. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw it out there. So the point is – is that when you feel that fear, when you feel it in your life, when you feel it in your business specifically, because that's our wheelhouse, the way you get control of it is you observe it. And this is something that I learned from uh, tons of trial and error. No one told me this. I just eventually figured it out. So, in, And then obviously it, I was uh, – trying to get good at explaining it for the sake of being a great coach, which hopefully I'm getting close to getting great at explaining it because it is such a huge breakthrough. 
And so here's the thing that when I'm on a personal coaching call, which I explain to people, uh, when you feel that fear manifesting in yourself, some people have a negative response. You know, they'll, they'll go into fight mode. Some people go into flight mode. Most people go into flight mode, right? They'll just hide from it. Gen- in me, that fear-based response, response starts to manifest like in my stomach, right? Right above my stomach. I can literally feel now and recognize it. And when I feel it, when I feel that feeling in that part of my body, I usually say, oh, there you are. You're trying to manifest. I know this sounds weird, guys, but just practice it, okay? When I can feel that feeling, I can recognize it. And then when I recognize it, it doesn't start running. So what happens is if you don't recognize it, and this is how most people exist. This is the reason that uh, – Most news is negative because they're triggering the fear-based response. They are poking at that ego response because they know if they say something in a salacious way that you're going to have an uncontrollable emotional response, which is based in ego. And the way that they're going to do it is they're going to do it based on just saying anything that's going to try to piss you off. And I'm not talking politics here, though you're seeing this happen all the time in politics too. These little jabs at things that might be really sacred to you or might be important to you. You know, my, you know California outlawing children or something like that, right? It's just a bullshit headline that's designed to basically get you riled up. They are doing nothing other than trying to trigger that, uh, that circadian brain, that fear response. You will never be in control of your life and in any meaningful way unless you realize, in essence, that most people are making decisions based on fight or flight. When you're making a decision to purchase something from a real estate vendor, for example, do you notice how they always try to sell you the same exact way? How many closings will it take to pay for this? Imagine how much you'll have in, if you do this, if you buy leads from this source, if you sign it. Oh, then you ask the logical question, how long does it take for this to actually work? And they tell you, well, at least a year. Oh, and by the way, we have a contract, so even if you wanted to cancel, you're screwed. It's going to be at least a year. That's the reason we don't have contracts, guys. If you want to you know, check out of one of our coaching programs, you just pay the daily prorated amount uh, plus the lender's fee, and you can basically cancel your contract. You don't like what we're doing? That's fine. I understand completely. Do you know that we're the only ones in the industry that do that? Because we're confident our product works. So when you go through these experiences, when you get these sales calls from these guys trying to sell you stuff, they'll always start with, oh, it only takes a quarter of a paycheck, or it takes a whole pay. You know, you're commi- they're always going to relate it to some very simplistic way. And then what do they always say? They're always going to tell you they're going to try to trigger your fear-based response, and they're going to say, if you don't buy it, whatever it is they're selling, we have a limited number, and we're going to sell it to your competitor. Every single one of them sells that way. Have you noticed that? They're trying to manipulate your fear-based response. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, News is doing the same thing. I already mentioned that. Everywhere you turn, everybody is trying to poke right at the heart of your ego. Because when they know statistically that most people are not self-aware enough, and they are then easily manipulated because they're in that fight-or-flight mode. That's what's happening in many of your lives. That's the reason that when we were at that airport and we were listening to all those Keller Williams agents talk, they didn't realize, they hadn't stopped to think that what they were saying, they, they did not put the thoughts together that what I now believe to be true about a way to generate business and make money, they didn't stop to think, okay, does it work? How do I know that it works? Will it produce any profit? How long will it take for it to produce profit? Oh, and by the way, is this the highest and best use of my time? 
should I be worrying about these gimmicks or should I be focusing on, for example, having a real skills-based business, a real skills-profit-based business? Because no one tells them that anymore because everybody wants you guys to buy stuff. Nobody gives a rat's ass whether you guys sink or swim. Nobody cares if you guys make any profit. That's the reality of our industry. It's totally – I'll say the word. It, it feels very corruptish to me right now. Now, that is the same way it felt and the same way it will feel as we go through the end of this boom cycle, and you're going to see all these businesses fade out, and then you're going to see them come back in as soon as basically the cycle starts again. That's the nature of this industry. That's the reason that on this podcast and our coaching program, we treat you guys as entrepreneurs, as business owners, and we do our best to drive into your heads as much as you'll take it the idea that you need to be running a profit-based business. So when you feel that ego manifesting inside of you, when you're willing to actually say, I can have that feeling manifest, take yourself back to the example I was giving you of knocking on that FISBO's door. Do you notice how there's almost, well, not even almost, there's an un, you can't control the physiological response you had just to me telling, giving you the suggestion and you painting the mental picture of going and soliciting that FISBO. Did you notice how you started to literally have an uncontrollable emotional and thus physical response? That was your ego. That was your ego. Now, I want you to take yourself back to that very spot. We're going to knock on that FISBO's doors. And this is what coaching does, right? You see that FISBO, you're excited because you realize your, tom your dominant thought, because you know your ego is going to try to defeat you. You know your ego is going to try to get you to knock on that door, or try to get you to not knock on that door. Your ego is going to fill your head with doubt. Your ego is going to tell you on the other side of that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But you know that's not true, and you know your highest and truest purpose on this planet, as God has designed all of us, is to be of service to other people. You know that that person who put that sign in the yard needs your help. You know that there's an excellent chance that the only reason they put that sign in the yard is because they didn't know another agent. They need your help, and furthermore, they're probably the nicest people you ever met. They probably would love to list the house with you, don't have another relationship, don't have any kind of understanding of what they're doing, have a, you know, another, an aspirational move ahead of them that you can also help them with, and all you've got to do is go and knock on that door or call them. That's a nice thing. I'm using FISBO as an example on this, uh, you know, our podcast today, you know, but it could be any source of business. We teach you guys 50 different sources of business to chase that don't cost you anything. Our coaching company is the only one that exists that's designed to help you guys drive profit margins of 50, 60, 70%. For us to do it like everybody else does it, where they are constantly beating you over the heads, trying to get you to buy bullshit easy button things because they're getting paid to get you to buy that stuff. The reason we don't do that is because we know ultimately when we run into you guys at the airport or run into you wherever we're going to run into you, we want you to know that we are authentic and that we are trying to help you and your family. We are trying to help you, you know, your generations from now build wealth. We want you guys to be rich. Rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer work for your money. We have seen so much hardship in this business. People get into this industry because they have, they're just excited. They want freedom. That's really the reason that people get into real estate. If you ask them, they'll say give different answers. And what's fascinating is after people have been in business for 24 months or 36 months, new licensees. So some of you listening, I know, why is it that you're thinking about getting into real estate? Why did you get into real estate? I know your answer already. It's freedom. Now, here's the fascinating thing. A year from now, when I ask you that question again, notice how your answer has been co-opted. Notice how now you're saying bullshit. You're starting to say, I want to build a team. 
I want to build a, a nurturing team where I can help other people accomplish their goals. I want to build, have a meaningful impact on my, what? What? Where'd that come from? You got co-opt. You basically bought into somebody else's vision of what your future and your business should be like because they were trying to sell you stuff. Because if you believe in these big team ideas, then all of a sudden you have to spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars to support that idea. And you now have become a recruiter for that particular brokerage or brand as you try to build your team. Whereas the real purpose, the real reason you got into real estate was what? Freedom. That stuff moves you away from freedom. The way you guys ultimately are going to be successful long-term in this real estate industry is by becoming listing agents, forming, the, creating a business that essentially is based on sellers, where you get your inventory of listings up to a certain number. That certain number of listings, a predictable number of them will sell every single month. Look, guys, it's part of the real estate magic number formula. If you want to do the magic formula for you, because everyone's magic number is different, I'll, I'll briefly explain it. Um, so... I'll give you an example from Julie and I's own business. So when Julie and I lived in Columbus, Ohio, we sold real estate. By the way, do you realize that all the top five coaches in the industry right now were the only ones that actually sold real estate? How about that for something that's somewhat interesting that you should maybe take in, be taking into consideration? Oh, and by the way, we never sold real estate in a hot market. We certainly coached agents in hot markets, but never sold real estate in a hot market. Always sold real estate in a buyer's market or a declining market. That's our experience. So in our market, our real estate magic number was usually around 25 or 30 houses. We had to have 25 or 30 listings at all times. And what we knew was statistically, even in that market that I just described for you, probably seven, maybe 10 would sell per month, obviously priced right. We're not talking lots. Lots in a buyer's market are a bitch to sell. So these were 25, usually 20, let's, let's call it 25 average listings. And our average list price, let's say this was, you know, we haven't sold real estate now since really the uh, 2000 something, one maybe. So back then, the average list price was probably about 275, 300,000. We were selling in Columbus, Ohio. Keep that in mind. So we knew if we sold, you know, if we had 25 listings and we sold seven per month and the average commission was $9,000, we knew that we'd make 54000 to $60,000 a month. That was pretty much our formula. Now, if we wanted to make more money, what we'd do is increase the number of listings. You know, you could sneak some buyers in here and there, but we did not do our business plan based on anything else other than listings because that's the one thing we could control. Every morning when Julie and I would wake up, we would prospect. And, it, you know, that's the – we'd literally get on the phone, and she and I would compete, whoever set the first pre-qualified listing appointment that particular day, and that's how we built the business. Now, we migrated out to this other area called New Albany, Ohio, where the average sale price was close to a million dollars, and we applied the exact same formula, and it worked the exact same way. Now, there, we needed to help a lot fewer listings, right? We needed a, maybe – at all times, maybe five or seven listings out there. And, we, and so from that, we were able to obviously pay, uh, save money, invest, pay our bills, have the lifestyle that we wanted. That's what we did. That was our business model. When we wanted to earn more money to buy something, we increased it from 25 listings to maybe 35 listings. So we had to work a little bit harder. But our whole lives became about uh, building up to that number, our magic number, and then when those things sold, we then had to replace them with new listings. That was our job. That was our business. For the most part, our business day was between 9 and 5. Unless, again, we chose to work with a great reload buyer that wanted to purchase a high-end house, which I always will, you know, 
I suggest to all of our top clients, even if your listing's based, you always have two or three really great kick-ass buyers in your pipeline because you know those are great, gravy list, great deals. And if you like the people and they're selling and they're buying enough, spending enough, then what the hell? You know, it's a good use of your time. That's the formula for real estate success. That's the formula to create consistent, duplicatable income where you can actually expect it to happen. In your marketplace, if you had, depending on your price range, probably most of you are going to need at least 10 listings at all times. I realize you're now having an ego fear-based response because many of you cannot imagine having 10 listings at all times. But in most markets, if you had 10 listings at all times, it does not matter what the market serves to you, you are going to kick ass. But how many of you are struggling building your teams or hiring buyer agents or worrying about your logo or your direct mail campaign or trying to create passive ways to generate leads? How many of you right now don't like what I'm saying because your ego is causing you to feel fear? It's interesting, isn't it? It's fascinating. There's an old saying, I don't know who said it, it wasn't us, that basically wherever you're resisting the most is where your growth needs to be. So I, I honestly, I beg you guys to seriously ask yourself, what are you resisting the most in real estate? Just focus on real estate. You can talk, we can talk about all the personal stuff later. What are you resisting the most? It's going to be all the things that put money in your pocket the fastest. If you have listings, it's, listing, it's price changes. If you don't have listings, it's going to be going, learning how to be a listing agent, getting your pre-listing pack done, learning how to directly solicit business, learning how to say not just no, but hell no, when they call you trying to sell you easy button ideas. What are you resisting the most in your real estate business? And notice how it's all the things that put money in your pocket the fastest and the most consistent. Fascinating, no? Shouldn't this be an epiphany, a breakthrough for all of you, this 40 minutes we spent together? Shouldn't it be? Shouldn't this be the thing that all of you guys were waiting to hear that sets you free? Shouldn't it be? If it's not, why not? Because you didn't like the way I said it? That's fair. But you can't not like the content because it was true. What I just said was true. You can't argue with it. There's no opposite to it. I've had millions of people try. You can't argue with what we just said. It just makes sense. So please apply this information. If there's anything we can do for you guys, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And as always, if you need any help, brokers, office managers, if you need our help explaining the market conditions and the phases of the real estate reset, as we're trying to call it, to be you know, nice and soft peddling to people who are ultra-sensitive to words like crash, <laughs> okay? If you want us to do it for you, just email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Go back and listen to past podcasts, guys. Absolutely listen to the phases of the real estate reset. iTunes, Stitcher, timandjulieharris.com. If you guys need us for anything, do not hesitate to reach out. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.